0: Can you pass me the Pepsi Steve if you can pass me the Pepsi uh passing that to you passing it to me oh I touched your hand passing it to me you guys passed this passed to me I passed uh, look,
1: guys look, look, oh, with your, wait a minute. Look, look with your elf eyes <laughs> yes. I'm drinking a Pepsi Max and you can They're see it eyes, Aragorn. you can see it with your
0: real eyes okay, cheers. I cheers there's no uh... okay, listen to that listen to this <laughs> <laughs> Right over the laptop. <laughs> Not an impressive sound. But but nice that we're in the same room, I suppose. We're here. We're here. We're, here. we're in my house. We're in, our, we're in the
1: newly christened Big Mate Studios. Cassadel oh. Murphy.
0: Oh, no. Well, um, that didn't last long
1: then. <laughs> <laughs> what, your name? <laughs> Me acting as if we've managed to open our own studio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh. I don't like my notes. There's clear. no there's no screens.
1: Well, there is a screen. There's one right here.
0: Right, but there's no barrier here. It's all just sort of... Uh, it's mental barriers. I'm looking you dead in the eye. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because we're having an actual conversation now. I'm going to know as soon as one of you goes on your phone. <laughs> our, our two microphones are going to pick up Lucas yawning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's weird. I'm finding it weirdly aggressive. Aggressive, yeah, which fits this album. It does, a weirdly aggressive album. Hello and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us in season four, which is called Is It Rad in Your Head? A critical analysis of history, cultural impact, and music of Radiohead. We're going through their entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like this, context matter when you're listening to music to know in the history of an artist, affect your appreciation of their output. And this season we're of course asking, Is It Rad in Your Head? To be clear... We're asking, is it rad in your head in regards to the band Radiohead, not is it rad in your head in regards to this, the fourth season of our podcast, which is called Is It Rad in Your Head and which is now In In Your Your Head. Head. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I'm deeply in love with music. I love the artistry, the emotion, also the context that surrounds music. With me, this time sat across from me at a table, uh, is someone who said they don't care about art or talking about art, doesn't often relate personally to music (laughs) and is deeply in love with Steve. It's Lucas Way.
1: Steve, marry me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> and in the middle of that and literally in the middle of us now you see uh, we have someone who can Was appreciate context, <laughs> art and subject matter is just learning how to convey that in the form of words and he's deeply in love with me it's Steve Murphy I'm in love with Adam
2: Lucas is in love with me wait Lucas is, is Adam in hurt. love with me?
1: well
0: I'm in love with music oh welcome back to the podcast guys how are you etc is what it says in my notes oh yeah
2: um, I'll read mine I'm etc I'll read mine In rainbows, we've had some. Yeah, no, mine says
1: uh, asterisks, asterisks, asterisks. In Mm. rainbows, asterisks, asterisks, asterisks.
2: Is that because you were swearing, but you were like too worried about? I just put the. Do you decorate it?
1: I like just put it around the title. That's That's
0: interesting. That's very interesting.
1: I also like put the date in the corner. Lucas Way, (laughs) date today's date in the top right. Name and then title in the middle. Underline. Sure. Waste the first four lines on all that business.
2: His notes are really organized. I saw bullet points.
1: Yeah, of course it's bullet points. Do bullet you not points have bullet point. sense. Why the fuck do you not have bullet points?
0: I've written paragraphs of prose. Yeah, I write prose. Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm more natural. I don't need to script myself. No, it's well. This is the thing is I don't necessarily read it, but I do have to. If I write down what I think I'm going to say, then I know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. No, it doesn't. Okay, points. that's fine. That's fine. How are you feeling about being in the room? Uh, I'm already sweaty. Are you? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's going to get warm. Should I crank the heating up? I reckon so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cost a bloody million pounds.
0: <laughs> Steve, Steve, you were telling me you've, you've got a hot tub out there. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. And I was asking why we weren't podcasting from the hot tub. Because mm. I think that would be great. Maybe we'll do that as a bonus episode at some point. <laughs> uh, but um, <laughs> you were saying it cost, it, like you this turned be- it on. This is before
2: the price hike. Yeah. And uh, we just thought, oh, I'll just have a lovely couple of hours in the hot tub. And then uh, wondered why it turned off because we've got a prepayment meter, it costs, I think, about £12 in electricity. Yeah, they're They're insane. Yeah. Uh hour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went away a few weekends ago to like a lodge in the forest, in the Forest of Dean, and there's a hot tub on the decking. It was lovely. And every single lodge in this place had a hot tub. And I was just thinking, that must be astronomical to run. Oh, yeah, it must be. But the hot tub, tub. it was lovely, and it was hot, and it was delicious. Was it a a tub? tub? I could have done with it being one degree warmer oh, mm. but I yeah. just had the thought of like I bet just lowering every single hot tub by that one degree where it's still lovely but you just want it would be nice to be a smidge higher for every single hot tub when they've got like a hundred on site I bet that makes a massive difference to their electricity bill
2: I'll be honest Adam yeah I thought this story was going to be a lot sexier when he started talking about him and I also wife had sex in the <laughs> hot tub <laughs> with my wife
0: did you? Yeah. no okay maybe Excellent. lovely <laughs> We'll never know, know. we'll never know. Uh, We are going through the entire discography of five-man, one-man band Radiohead, uh, and we have reached their seventh studio album, Seven of Nine, In Rainbows.
2: That's a character from Star Trek, Seven of Nine. It is. And she's very sexy. It is. Yeah.
0: She's played by
1: a...
2: That person. That woman. Yeah. I've forgotten her name.
0: Cracking. It's yeah, good it's good. Yeah. Keep this all in. Worth interrupting before. for. Yep. It's part of our brave voyage to discover what music really is. Some are glow.
1: Guys, <laughs> what is...
0: Some are glow, some are not. Uh, <laughs> what, what are you guys... What, what, what is music, guys?
1: Ah, bums. i
0: <laughs> pretty sure I
1: we've I had panicked. that one. I'm pretty sure we've had that one. <laughs> yeah, I panicked. Beats and...
2: and, and... Yeah, <laughs> it's extremely dry, high in the mix drums.
1: Lovely, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what music is. Seven of Nine's not played by Sam Glau.
0: Okay. I'm wrong.
1: It's played by Jerry Ryan.
0: Good, great. Um, Seven of Nine, obviously it's been a long journey so far. We love to fold in all kinds of exterior context and history of the band, but it's been a, actually like, it's been a little while since. It's
2: been a
3: while.
0: It's been a little while. It's been a little while since we did like a proper album because we did tom's solo album oh, yes. and we did the hell that he's not a proper album <laughs> right <laughs> well, exactly it's three albums it's yeah so in terms of like maybe refreshing or something like that we could just do a little catch up where is it you want to start
1: About, i don't know Eighteen twelve. okay
0: lucas would like to start in eighteen twelve. what
2: 12 minutes past 6 p.m
0: Okay, uh, so in around 350 BC, <laughs> <There we go. laughs> the classical Greek scholar Aristotle hmm. was the first to devote serious attention to the study of the natural occurrence of what would later be named refracted light. Uh, naturally, it most often occurs in a circular fashion when uh, sunlight shines through rain. Due to our like right. lines yeah. of sight, it commonly it's appears rain- in rainbows a rainbows. bow-like yeah. Configuration. Isaac Newton uh, is most Why are you famously... putting yourself in a mirror when you say that? <laughs> yeah, <Okay. well. laughs> yeah, so you guys...
1: Oh yeah, we can look each other in the eye just by doing this. This oh, is yeah. such a better way so
0: of you podcast. guys have this usually, right? Yeah. So you guys have never seen what I do with my hands when I'm doing stuff, right?
2: Like, I didn't, it, didn't worry, it didn't worry me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So
0: yeah. I'm always doing this. I'm prevaricating. Isaac Newton is most famously attributed with identifying in 1665 the seven colours of refracted white light, which are?
3: Red, yellow, orange, indigo, violet, Richard of green. Blue, blue and green. Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Roy G. York, Biv, for instance. Richard of York
2: yeah. gave battle in vain.
0: Oh, lovely. Uh, he's also. I mean, it's uh, not true, is it? What?
1: It's not true at all. All the lights, like every single color of the spectrum is in there. Let's not talk about spectrums, right? Every What's single that? color in the spectrum is in there. It's just they're like the obvious diff, like, but they're all in there.
0: Yeah. You're really showing Isaac Newton his boss. Yeah. Again, it's I like know this a is a real bugbear. It's
1: not like binary Newton. <laughs> You
0: know, he's actually credited with. Won't be binary. Binary's only got two options, and he just used mm. seven. I well, mean, we'll talk about binary. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about binary. Don't worry. Um, byrony? Yeah. Lord he's also byrony. credited with initiating the theory of refracted light. However, there is evidence that the Arab physicist Ibn Al Haytham posited the same theory as mm. early as the year 984. Fucking hell, Newton, you bastard! Yeah, I know. There you go. There you Wait, go. Wait,
1: 984 what
0: BC? Uh, A yeah yeah BC yeah yeah yeah. yeah. No, AD. No, because the, the other AD. one was just
1: BC a minute ago. Yeah, so but Isaac Newton
0: wasn't alive in BC, was he? Was he not? No. Oh. No, he's way after oh. Dominic. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in terms of Radiohead, let's also backtrack a little. Uh, in early 2004, I don't know if you remember this, they went on hiatus, having finished all the touring and the promotional duties for Held of the Thief. Uh, that concluded their dealings with EMI, their record contract, it's all finished. They don't re-sign immediately. They are immediately courting offers from other record labels, but they took a pause, deliberately wanting to like reflect on what they had achieved so far. They released a DVD called "The Most Gigantic Lion Mouth of All Time" <sighs> it in late two thousand and four, <laughs> not <for me. laughs> which we covered in a whole episode. And around the same time, the Radiohead machine starts firing up again in Oxford. They reconvene in their shared studio to start working on some new material. Okay. Nude material. Nude material. Was there nude oh, material? Good. They were nude. Some of the material was also nude. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When you say shed studio.
0: I said shared studio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a wooden house in the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it used to be an apple shed. It's a converted apple shed. Apple or, or shed, or apple shed what? Brilliant. Uh,
1: apple famously don't share. They're very strict with their patents. They are, they are. Very litigious, very strict with their patents.
0: So...
2: We shouldn't have met up in person. <laughs> <laughs> those,
0: those initial sessions, right? They they mostly focus on writing, uh but they started to include some bits of recording in March 2005. They were done without a producer. There's some conflicting ideas why that was. Colin said that Nigel Godrich, obviously their producer since OK Computer was busy. He was working with Beck. He didn't have the time to commit to the sessions. Ed has said that actually The band felt that they were in too much of a comfort zone. We've been working together for 10 years and we all love one another too much. That was what Ed said. I've also read a few things around the idea that Tom and Nigel are very close friends. Perhaps closer than the rest of the band. Uh, Which could occasionally lead to some conflict in the studio. Or maybe a duplication of Tom's wishes in some way. Like Tom has often said that the band operate as though they are the U.N., but Tom is America. And Tom's got two votes. Yes, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it leads to situations where maybe the rest of the band are not considered quite so much. And there is also another idea that Hail to the Thief had kind of failed.
1: It's like this podcast
0: where, like, we sometimes will, like,
1: get, you know, vote and, like, see who's – but ultimately, Adam, Adam's vote. is Yeah. Adam? Adam's got veto
0: yep. power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yep. the, the Tom York of the podcast. Yeah. There is also the idea that Hail to the Thief kind of failed. So, like, that the, maybe the band weren't so happy with the length of the album and the mix of the album and that this was down to recording the whole thing in two weeks, which, of course, was Nigel's idea. So... Fucking Nigel. Fucking Nigel. Big Nigel, honestly. Godders. Uh, Big Godders. 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 I think it's most likely, like, probably the scheduling thing. But during this time, he did make the eraser with Tom. So... Oh. He yeah. had some time. Yeah, it wasn't like he wasn't strictly busy on other stuff. He was doing strictly between. Oh, I don't think Strictly t- started back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on. Isn't it like an old? Yeah, yeah. TV show that, that was like revamped. Yeah. Oh, has
1: Literally. Brucey been the been the host even since he was a young man? I
0: he's, don't. know. He was never a young man. He was born he's, an old yeah, man. He's always been old. But I reckon there was Strictly in two thousand and
1: seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right,
0: Lucas will look it up. Lucas, Lucas will look it up. Yeah.
1: When did Strictly oh, no! Don't.
3: Oh,
0: don't it. It. <laughs>
1: He's brought his
0: fucking thing with him. Series one, two thousand and four. Well, wow. Then,
1: there we go. Well, so
0: well, Roger there Godrich we go. Was, there we go. Was dancing
2: the foxtrot at the time.
0: Between March two thousand and five and the end of two thousand and five, which, as far as I'm concerned, is December, hmm. the sessions were sporadic, possibly going round in circles. Kind of classic Radiohead stuff, right? In July two thousand and five, Johnny and Tom debut a song called "Arpeggi" with an orchestra, and we heard that clip on our episode on the most gigantic. It's great in it. Time. It's, it's great, really it? good. It's really good. It's Really good in it. And then in August two thousand and five, they begin proper recording sessions. Feeling they have the songs rehearsed enough to begin recording them, and they are still working without a producer. Um, Tom said. We spent a long time in the studio just not going anywhere, wasting our time, and that was really, really frustrating. They were lacking confidence. Ed talked about the lack of producer, the lack of deadline, the lack of any downward pressure at all, coupled with the fact that every member of the band was now a father, some with multiple children. Legends. And that they had lost... Shaggers. Yeah, because they've been having sex. <laughs> <laughs> he felt that they had lost <laughs> momentum after like, that long break after Hell of the Thief. So they again discussed splitting up, (laughs) of course, but didn't because, uh, as Ed put it, when you get beyond all the shit and the bollocks, the core of these songs was really, really good. So they decided that maybe it would be a good idea to have a producer after all. Don't tell me they chose Nigel Godrich. In December 2005, they hired Mark Spike Stent to do some sessions with them. Now, we've actually kind of encountered Spike Stent before. Um, Wait, where's Mark then? What? Mark Spike Stent. Right, so Spike's like a quote. It's like it is, like a little quote in the middle, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not Mark Spike. It's- no, I, it's Mark, just like a
1: nickname. Yeah. Mark Spike. It's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
0: Yeah, right. And you would
1: call it him- Or Boris the Cunt
0: Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um,. He's worked on a bunch of records. Not Boris Johnson. It's Boris Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> like, not a video. So not a video. Here's, here's a little potted history. He worked with bands like ABC, The Cult, and Erasure in the 80s. In the 90s, he produced and or mixed stuff by the KLF, Depeche Mode, Madonna, uh, the first Spice Girls album. He did Homogenic by Björk, Pop by U two in the two thousands. He worked with Oasis, Linkin Park. He did that first Keen album, uh, a couple of Black Eyed Peas albums. He did the first Kaiser Chiefs album, guys, which I know we'd be very excited about. Should we do a
1: season <laughs> on Kaiser Chiefs? Not even fucking yeah. joke.
0: Uh, I predict a loss of listeners. <laughs> uh, after working with Radiohead uh, in these sessions, he works on Neon Bible by Arcade Fire. Who he works on? It's Blitz yeah. by Yeah Yeah Yeahs. He works. On the Resistance by Muse. Who he works on? Milo's I by Coldplay. The <sighs> Fame Monster by Lady Gaga. A few of the Ed Sheeran albums, and recently worked with Liam Gallagher, which I believe is how you pronounce it. Stent uh, listened to what the band had recorded by themselves, and basically said, "This isn't good enough." I think I think Ed said he said that the sounds just weren't good enough. Oh. Which is probably a criticism that you can, like, that's so vague. Because that's probably something like, the sounds, they're not it's, good enough. It doesn't sound correct, <laughs> but I know it's wrong. It's someone, I messaged, someone
1: I messaged you the other day saying one of your episodes of Cruise Views is different. Yes. And I was did. like, Adam, yes. it's, it's, uh, it's in some way different. And you're like, yeah, I've actually EQ'd it slightly
3: differently. I was like, I know. It's different. <laughs> Absolutely, The crazy. sounds are
0: different. I've done it for these as well.
3: Um,
0: I don't listen to this podcast. They posted a picture on their website, which they used as a blog. It was called Dead Airspace, uh, of their blackboard that had all the songs they were working on written into a list. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff from it. A song called No Shame, uh, a song called Videotape Solutions, House of Cards, Body Snatchers, Morning My Lord, which we know as Morning Mr. Magpie. Faust Arp is on there, News on there, Arpeggio's on there, Open Pick is on there, something called A Pig's Ear, Reckoner, Burn the Witch, Skirting on the Surface, Down is the New Up. Uh, Last Flowers, which Tom had debuted on Nigel's From the Basement series, something called 15 Step Thing, and something called Bodies Laughing. Some of those songs we don't ever hear from again, as far as we know, because they might have had like a title change and ended up on a later album. Uh, and I'll put some of them on the pinboard uh, in a couple of episodes. Time. Like Morning My Lord. Indeed. A spare title. Indeed. And Skirting on the Surface, right? Um, is it? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it was on your uh, Sleepy Time playlist. It's The Smile, though.
1: Lucas's songs yes. to relax to when he's on a plane. It's a plane. <laughs> yeah, 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 That's yeah, a really
0: nice song. Yeah. And Burn the Witch. Yeah, Burn the Witch is on there as well. And Bodies Laughing, which The Smile have just started playing in their live shows. Anyway, it all comes around. It all comes around. On March 13th, 2006, on Dead Airspace, Tom wrote, Today, myself, I was struggling. Feels like we've been trapped for a long time in la-la land. Very frustrating and under pressure now. It's so slow. Enough to drive anyone loopy. I'm supposed to be positive. Smiling faces for the outside while I'm fucking tearing my hair out. Too much at once. Furiously writing. Working out parts. Cracking up. Not much time left. Unsure about everything. I'm not supposed to put any of this here, so that's why I am. And then a week later, he posts, feels like we're finally getting somewhere. There are a lot of songs, too many to get together straight away, so we will be furiously rehearsing uh, rehearsing and writing as we go. And as they're posting quite brutally honest updates on how the recording is going, they're also posting pictures of what's called the Worm Buffet, which is a bunch of men... Well, no, little, little squares that have their arms pointed in certain directions or have their mouths to one side or are looking a certain way in lots of rows. And people quickly worked out that it was a code and they could decode it and it would have seemingly nonsensical words, which would later turn out to be lyrics from In Rainbows. Stuff like blink your eyes once for yes, two for no, but written in worm buffet code. Worm buffet. A year and a half before the album comes out. They also posted like clips of stuff uh, that that uh, that sounded uh, like this. Something, isn't it? That's from fifteen steps.
1: That's that's a bit of a song from a Radiohead song. Yeah. But all weird and bollocksy. I,
2: exactly. I, I bet this was so exciting, though. Oh, it was!
0: Uh, you would, could not believe it. Uh, yeah. it was, it's so exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the sessions with Spike Stent did not prove to be that fruitful. So again, round and round in circles. In order to break the cycle, they decide to go on tour and start rehearsing for that instead. They begin rehearsing on April the nineteenth. This is slightly interesting. They rehearse by playing ten old songs from a pool of about forty that they'll swap out on tour and then focus exclusively on the new stuff. They rehearse for about ten days and then they go on tour in May and June two thousand six. Around the UK, Europe, USA. We did a little commentary on one of the shows that is from that tour in the middle of recording right. in oh, but Rainbows.
1: They, so when but they didn't when you say the old songs and then some new ones. It was interspersed. It wasn't literally like a block and then a block. This is just what they're rehearsing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was going to say that'd be insufferable. If you yeah. went to a gig and they were like, oh, they played a load of old songs and they're like, cool, second half, we're just going to play things you don't know. Well,
2: they did that with Hail to the Thief, right? They and then gave up doing that. But right? the other way around. They, right. they opened with yeah, like opened with it, it'd be better, new songs. Yeah,
0: and yeah, then yeah. go,
1: because you've got to go out of the bank. People can't go out being like, oh, that's probably quite a good song.
0: Play a slow new one. <laughs> <laughs> um... The the, the band released a statement that said, to keep things more fun and spontaneous, we'll be playing new songs that are work in progress. We'll also be releasing music to download when we are excited about it, rather than wait 12 months for a full-blown album release. Music's not just about all-time greats. It's also a document of its time, and we want to be able to put out a song when it feels right. Did they do that? No. (laughs) It's interesting that they kind of do half of that thing, because they just put it out. They don't go through the... Promotional duties, getting CDs printed and all of that stuff. But they didn't do the thing I will record a song they just put out yet. Again, muse ripoffs. But they. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even copying their th- the claims that they then don't follow up on. Right.
0: <laughs> um,. Yeah, as we saw on tour, they played loads of new songs. Uh, 15 Step Body Snatchers, Big Ideas, which is now called Nude, and has a new bassline, arpeggio, All I Need, House of Cards, Open Pick, Videotape, Down is New Up, Bangers and Mash Goes Early, Four Minute Warning, and Spooks. I wonder an Open Pick is. Uh. In July 2006. what did you look at me
3: like
0: that? <laughs> Tom York released his first solo album, The Eraser. In our episode covering that album, I mentioned that I'm a big Radiohead fan by this point. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, in that episode, I mentioned I'm a Radiohead fan. And <laughs> are like, Whoa! Yeah, it was a big revelation. I, I, I think I said I wasn't when tickets for the 2006 tour went on sale, but I was by the time the tour took place. Yeah, so yeah. I was like hoovering up the YouTube clips That's of right. the new songs. Uh, and from the list that I just read out, you might have noticed that every song from In, In Rainbows is, is present live. It, open pick is Jigsaw falling into place. Yeah, I um, That's why I said, I wondered what it is. Because it's obviously that one. Well, how, why is it obviously that one? Because the open pick strumming. Yeah, it's very interesting. Oh. So uh, people, people made playlists of what they thought the next album would be, uh, including a forum-led vote that kind of became a bit of a definitive stab. Oh, I wonder at, if anyone got
1: it bang on in terms of It's interesting. Sequencing. I, I
0: have, I have the, uh, the voted one here. Um, this is what they thought the new radio album would look like. They thought it would be called Down is the New Up. And they thought it would go... Why would you even
1: just guess a title? Wait, but... (laughs) You could just say
0: anything. Because Down Is The New Up was a very important track for the tour and the recording studio and and stuff like that. It's interesting, actually, that it's not on the album. Um, Down Is The New Up goes videotape, Bangers and Mash, 15 steps. Which one's Bangers and Mash? Which one's Bangers and Mash? You don't know it. Oh, Arpeggy, Down Is The New Up. Body snatches, all I need, open pick, reckoner, house of cards, last flowers.
2: Yes, they're totally wrong. Wrong. Well yeah. they had a, they had house they had Reckoner into House of Cards was right.
0: That was correct, but Well I mean the thing is we'd not heard Reckoner. We heard old Reckoner. That's, oh, yeah. that's what we thought Reckoner sounded the like. Metal thing. The metal yeah. Was that thing. So we thought it was going to be a really heavy song, not the thing that we end up with. And of course, all of these different track lists and fan-made albums and stuff consisted of live performances, but, pe- but certain people had like preferred live performances. So all of the track lists, they said stuff like Down Is The New Up, Berkeley Night One, Videotape, Hammersmith, Apollo, Night Two, and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, and Videotape had the build-up and 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 the release that we heard which makes for quite a good opener and uh yeah the 2001 version of Reckoner was the one that we thought was coming uh I couldn't get enough of, of all of that. Have shit. you still got them like in a in a folder for the MP3 somewhere? No, I haven't. I looked. Oh. I looked for this and I, yeah, I haven't. Um
1: why? You're very m- meticulous with like your cataloging, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I don't know where that would have gone. Cuz didn't you
1: say you still had all your Muse like B-sides in a folder yeah. somewhere of all like the FIFA edition of fucking <laughs> Of yeah. Supermassive Black Black Yeah, the better mix. yeah, oh yeah. the best mix, yeah. But, yeah. But, the, but you don't have that for Radiohead. That's very surprising.
0: Yeah, I just don't know where that went. I must have just gotten rid of them at some point, like probably when I just had the reel in Rainbows, probably. Um, but I was very excited to see what would make it onto the album because it wouldn't have been all 13 songs they played live, let alone like all 38 things that were on the first blackboard that we saw. Um. On the back of that two-month tour, they played a bunch of festivals in August. Um, only vaguely related, but also in two thousand and six, uh, we saw the release of "Radio Dread" by Easy Star All Stars.
2: The reggae, um,
0: yeah. Have you heard? Have you, have you heard of this? Is
2: it reggae? Okay, Computer. Yeah, reggae pretty events. much.
0: So they had done, um, they had done dub side moon, of the moon. Which, That's right. I mean, I prefer to dark side of the moon. Yeah. it's dark side of the moon, but in reggae, um, and they, they so they gave OK Computer the same uh, the same treatment.
1: Oh, Oh, there you go, I got it, I got it. I I couldn't work out what it was at first. Really?
0: It's a bit, oh. of, a bit of Radio Dread by Easy Star All-Stars. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. It's all right. A bit of fun. Around the same it's time. It's exactly the sort of
1: thing you listen to once because they're like, oh, that's a fun novelty. You never listen to it again. I listen
0: to Dub Side of the Moon all the time, though. It's all great. The time. To be fair,
1: I've listened to Ocarina of Rhyme a bunch of times.
0: <laughs> what is now that? what? Oh, It's where they've
1: uh, v- like, like, like mixed like songs from the Ocarina of Time soundtrack with, with rap. With rap. Nice. Okay. Excellent. The best one is um, Don't Touch Me word I can't say. Uh, over up. over the over the Garudu soundtrack uh,
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, over the Karudo soundtrack, of the Karudu it's great. Send me a link. I'll send you oh, a link. link. Oh, yeah. Steve's looking it up, are you actually
2: I was looking for Ocarina of Time, like the title in another language is, is something like the literal translation is something like rooty Tuti. <laughs> and I was trying to find <laughs> saw, it. Oh it's um, that, yeah. it's um
1: it's um yeah, the German one is like the, the, the Hudenfluden or something. It, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry. So what that 2006 tour achieved was exactly what it set out to achieve. It broke the cycle and uh, it kind of forced them out of the endless stage of banging their heads against the wall. And they finished writing all the songs because they had to finish writing all the songs mm. because they were about to perform all of the songs. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom said, rather than it being a nightmare, it was really, really good fun. Because suddenly everyone is being spontaneous and no one's self-conscious because you're not in the studio. It felt like being 16 again. Uh, they had a few weeks off after the tour and then made the decision to scrap everything that they'd recorded so far. Come on, guys. Um, <laughs> like, whether- like
2: how they had a little break with Hail to the Thief where they were really efficient. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then just thought, no, this isn't what we do. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a really bad time, nearly break up and completely burn all our tapes.
0: Whether they uh, recorded it by themselves or with Mark Stent, it was it was gone. It was out. That's it. Uh, it's exactly the same move that they pulled when recording Kid A and Amnesiac. Uh, and they began new sessions. This time, Nigel Goddard. Here he comes, guys. It's Nigel here Godrich. It's only bloody Nigel Godrich,
2: guys. <laughs> he got voted out of Strictly, and he had some time.
0: <laughs> Brucey said to him, "You're fired." Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Ed has described how, at this point in October 2006, they had already been rehearsing these songs for a year and a half having started working on them nearly two years ago. He says there was a...
1: Proofs in the pudding, 10 out of 10.
0: Well, exactly. (laughs) He says that there was was a feeling of desperation, though, that they had to get rid of these songs to try and do them as quickly as possible and do them as best they could. Uh, That time span of a year and a half is how long it took them to create Kid A and Amnesiac from nothing to finished records. And for In Rainbows, it's taken them a year and a half to get from just writing the songs. That all they've done is just written the songs yeah, and burn uh, a load of demos. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But they wouldn't have been demos. That's the thing is they would have been like they have a professional recording studio, and they were being recorded by the guy who fucking produced you too. Well, these what makes demos. something a demo? Well, that's the thing is that these weren't demos. But these what does like, make something a demo? If it's uh, for the purposes of demonstration.
1: Mm. Oh
0: yeah, or demolition, yeah, which is
2: what they did with those recordings. Oh, good, lovely, yeah, nice. Um, I can't nice
0: myself. (laughs) You should, you should should. be able to nice yourself. Thanks, man. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I high five myself all the time.
0: Is that what you call it? Is that what you call it? Yeah, Yeah. that's that's it. I've never heard that. Um, Nige, big Nige, (laughs) the God Man, the God yeah, the God God Master General. God, he comes in. He's God, big God. He's like, right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do two things, okay? One, we're going to record how we've recorded before, but I'm going to bounce down the rhythm parts to a single track. Okay? What does that achieve? So, bear with me. Usually, when a song is recorded, it's recorded as numerous layers, right? Usually one per instrument or singer. So one person's guitar is on its own track, another guitar on a separate track, the vocal's on another track. Correct me
1: if I'm wrong, with drums,
0: also, isn't it like a track per drum? Can be, can be, yeah, can be. Some people, Nigel, prefer, can uh, be. Like, yeah, Nigel, can be.
2: <laughs> That's not anything. I, don't I loved it. What is it? I loved it. I what, does does care. it what, what does it mean? What does it mean? We don't know. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what it means.
1: <laughs> I, not, I, Nigel Godrich's brother. No, wait, no, no, no they so, so, <laughs> <sharing> the same <laughs>
3: person
1: share the same person Everyone in that family is called Nigel. They've got different surnames. <laughs> <laughs> his mum. His mum, <laughs> Nigel Doris. <What's
0: laughs> uh, anyway, like, so you've got one instrument on each track. When you when you play them uh, at the same time and sync up, that creates the song. It also means you can adjust the volume or effects on one guitar without it affecting anything else on the song. Okay, that's not what they did here. But only for, with the drums? No, no, for all of the rhythm. So they recorded the drums, oh. the bass, and occasionally a bit of rhythm guitar, set the volumes and effects, and then merged them onto one track. That just so feels everything like... Everything else is then that played That just
1: feels over. like... What, what, what? It feels like giving yourself a limitation. Yes. But for, what, for, what,
0: for what point? Because that's where creativity is born. You need to set your own limitations in order so, you, so that you have something to rally against. I don't oh, need that. So I, I'm just creative <laughs>
3: naturally.
0: So they work against... That mix then in that in, in that
2: res- respect, yeah, 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 yeah. They have to do. What well, if they
1: then one day go? Like, I bet they kept a backup of all the
0: actual originals. I don't
1: know, just I mean, in case. Because like, if they go, oh, but we could- I'd love to actually tweak that drum part, and they go, well, we have got the originals. If we well, we, those, we
0: could go back, those takes of the rhythm components, they could no longer be changed. It made them commit yeah, to but structures but I, and ideas early in the process. I bet they could. I bet they results. got backups. <laughs> It'd be insane not to. What, what it also does, though, is it changes the way that the sounds interact with, with one another. So having the drums and the bass on one track subject to the same compression and like level of space uh, in the track means that the two instruments interact with each other in interesting ways. So like Colin said, they cross-pollinate, they marinate, they have little sonic babies. Uh, compression is probably a good example of that. If you're using compression to flatten the volume contrast on a bass take, you'd have to do it to the drums too in this case. Just because they're on the same track, yeah. So they will kind of interact with one another in in interesting ways. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The that's Whoa. one thing that Nigel did. The other thing was he said, "Right, pack up all your stuff. Get your shit together. All right, pack up all your stuff. All your little bits of shit.
1: Yawns, <laughs> <laughs> um, <on> Martinos.
0: <laughs> we're going to do what we did for OK Computer." So in October 2006, Radiohead worked on the album at Tottenham House in Wiltshire. Um, This was a bit different to the OK Computer House. If you remember, they went to an old stately home to record OK Computer. The haunted one. Yeah, That one, back in 1997, was livable. They stayed in the bedrooms. They ate in the dining room. It was heated. They Tot- saw gold. <laughs> Tottenham House was in a state of disrepair. There were areas of the house that the band could not go to. Some of the windows had no glass in. There were holes in the floor. Uh, there were places where rain leaked through. It was definitely haunted. They lived in their own little individual caravans on site. There was no running water.
2: That's where the type in rain got it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did yeah. wonder. And then
1: when they walked across a lot of the floorboards, because yeah, they were they old, would, and re- they bowed,
0: bow because, bow. because it was so yeah. old and In green. rainbows. We got
1: maybe that is. Yeah, maybe we yeah. cracked it. And wider. they were in it, because they were in the house.
0: Yes, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Tom said that the house definitely had an effect and it had some pretty strange vibes. Uh, and then in December 2006, they moved to another house, Holswell House in Taunton, did some work in Godrich's own hospital studio in Covent Garden, London, honing down the number of songs that they were working on to 16 songs. And at this point, More than two years into the process, during January 2007, they move back into their own studio in Oxford and listen back to what they've done and decide it needs a lot of uh, further work. And they feel pretty down about themselves. Oh, my God. And then on day two of the Oxford sessions, they record 15-step in one live take and then finish up all the little other embellishments uh, during the rest of that day. 15-step, the one you hear, I've done in one day.
2: In one day? You did it in one take as well, didn't you?
0: They, they, it's it's one live take, and then they add some little backing vocals and stuff in.
2: So, did they have the drums and bass compressed into one track when they do it live? Have I got myself really confused? They may well have like abandoned what that you idea. and Adam well, are, are they, doing. Yeah, good point. Like what yeah. you and Adam
1: are doing right now. What are we doing right now? Aren't you one track?
2: No, And I... Oh. No, no,
1: no. But
0: nice. Mm. 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 That nailing that song in, in one day kind of set the mood going forward and they were suddenly like instilled with a kind of confidence I Vigor. suppose not to say that everything was smooth sailing they still struggled with the process and even Radiohead's management suggested that maybe they should split up Oh, uh, imagine, you, imagine your manager suggesting you should split up <laughs> Um, you thought
2: about just fucking it all off?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Colin misused some headphones and was subject to an incredibly loud, sharp noise that led to his hearing deteriorating over the course of two months, leaving him scared that he would lose a lot of his hearing range, which thankfully very slowly came back. So he was recording this album with damaged ears. Um, there was also an unspoken belief that this would be the last Radiohead album. Um, talking about this, Ed said, one of my mantras throughout the recording was, this is the last time I'm doing this. I'll never summon up the energy to do this again, so I'm going to put everything I can into it. I think everyone felt the same. This might be the last time. I really, really believed that.
2: Did anyone else feel about like the same way when we did the new Riot- new Art Riot EP? We thought, this is probably the last time. This is exhausting. Yeah. Our first, first ever episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, to anyone
1: who's not listened, it's our first ever episode. Well, they yeah, should yeah. listen. It's not actually our first ever episode, though. Is it? Yeah, yeah. No, we did a trailer. <sighs> that's not really an episode it's three minutes it's unique content it wasn't a, it wasn't a clip from the episode it was unique oh,
0: <laughs> order 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 uh, the Oxford sessions wrap up in like May or June 2006 so even after that initial like burst of confidence from recording 15 step they still had another five months oh my god they're exhausting to finish they? recording yeah. <laughs> When they do uh, finish recording, they have 16 songs, plus one that Tom had recorded during the sessions for the Eraser that was now being considered for the album. Um, throughout the January sessions, they've been posting messages and photos and the sessions uh, on their blog. And in June, Nigel posted a little video of a tape machine because they'd been recording all of this to tape. Um, and it was playing what he described as off, off cuts of tape that he had stitched together from the studio let me find that for you so this went live
2: on offcuts stuff he's edited out of yes okay in theory yeah yeah
1: This sounds like all the sort of bollocks that they put on like an earlier album. Yeah, yeah. Like all the backwards yeah. and all the nonsense and all the
0: business. <laughs> that sounds like something they do on Kid A. <laughs> There'll probably be little bits of songs you probably you recognise all of these obviously. Yeah.
3: There'll
0: be bits of there's little bits of something you probably don't recognise like. Play that because that is like uh, quite a hard MP3 to find these days. That's something that uh, I I did have like lying around, and I thought I had lost. Uh, but imagine hearing that, having not heard any Radiohead music for a few years. We were hype, boys. Yeah. We were we were so hype. You were so you're okay. on the hype train. Yeah. Chew motherfucking chew. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Is that something?
0: Is yeah. <laughs> so now they had to uh, sequence the thing. Uh, they knew that Hail to the Thief was too long and settled on the idea that it should be 10 or 11 tracks long. They wanted it to be concise. Tom said, I believe in the rock album as an artistic form of expression. In Rainbows is a conscious return to this form of 45-minute statement. Our aim was to describe in 45 minutes as coherently and conclusively as possible what moves us. I think that's an incredibly important quote when it comes to the tone of the album. I've put it here, talking about the length and the sequencing, but it'll come up again. Okay. Uh, the album was mastered in July 2007, so it took them about a month to decide on what order was, everything was going in and, and what made it on and, and what didn't. And Phil has said that it was only once they had finished the album, those 10 tracks in that order, that they actually realised that they had made an album that they mm. wanted to make. You know, and then they scrapped it all, and they started. They started yeah. again. <laughs> and six months, they went to a different haunted house. This
3: time, it was raining in the basement. I don't know.
0: Around this time, Johnny contributed his first major film score for "There Will Be Blood," uh, and it incorporated Ooh. bits of uh, popcorn, Superhead Receiver, which I think we played it, maybe a clip of. And that's the piece that led to Paul Thomas Anderson uh, hiring Johnny, uh, and it also included some new work uh, because uh, because it wasn't entirely new work. And it had popcorn super hat receiver in it. It was ineligible for an Oscar, which uh, oh. many people feel uh, he should have been. Because
1: it wasn't original films. How yeah. how much of the fact that There Will Be Blood is your favourite film is because Johnny
0: Greenwood did the? Well, score. I was going to say big year for Adam, right? Yes, big year for me. <laughs> um, I think it's probably the reason I went to see it, but it's not the reason that it's my favourite.
2: Okay, I'm yeah. finished.
0: Here's a bit of the score. Uh, that's some of the score from There Will Be Blood, that's a track, called, a track called Oil, but I think it also demonstrates some of the stuff that Johnny was trying to do with the strings on In Rainbows uh, on one track in particular, right in the middle of the album, which we'll talk about when we do the track-by-track track thing that we do. on. Oh, we go track-by-track? Yeah, yeah, we'll go track-by-track. Track in on. six oh, episodes time. Yes, hang on, I need, to, yeah. I need to make some notes. Usually here, we would talk about how they marketed the album. Or they left clues in mysterious posters or the initial reactions when they previewed the album to record label executives or journalists. Um, Ed has talked about seeing an article in a music magazine. Uh, It was the October issue, which of course comes out in September 2007. And the the magazine were looking ahead to the forthcoming year, 2008, and that year's most anticipated albums. Radiohead were on there. The magazine saying it was a hotly anticipated record, and that bearing in mind they had to close a record deal and finish the album, it should be out in spring, summer, two thousand and eight. And Ed said that he was sit there reading it, just kind of going, "Oh boy, do you guys have a surprise coming to you? This is almost immediately going to be out of date." Wow. <laughs> um, on Monday, October the first, two thousand and seven, Johnny Greenwood posted to the Radiohead website slash blog, and it said this. Hello, everyone. Well, the new album is finished, and it's coming out in 10 days. We've called it In Rainbows. Love from us all, Johnny. And there was a link to inrainbows.com, and you could pre-order the album in two formats, a digital download and a premium physical edition. If you clicked on the digital option, there was just a blank box and a question mark next to how much it cost. Uh, And when you clicked the question mark, it said, it's up to you. And if you click the question mark a second time, it said, it's really up to you. Uh, it was possible to put a zero into the box uh, and have your order still be confirmed. I wonder who the first person to try that was. Like immediately, yeah. like absolutely immediately yeah.
2: someone did that. Thinking, yeah, this isn't going <laughs> to is turn up.
0: You could do anything from zero to 99. Um, it was the first major album to have a pay what you want component. It was... Also, immediately apparent that there was no record label backing this at all. Uh, they were described as the world's biggest unsigned band. Um, some places had speculated that they might continue with no label and like pursue just a digital release, but nobody like had expected them to do it on their own. They said, "Oh, well, they'll need to partner with uh, Seven Digital, like in the UK, or they'll need to partner with iTunes." No one had speculated that they would do it entirely independently.
1: I don't, I don't remember, even though I bought it, the, the, the download you ultimately got, was it not through iTunes or anything then? It was just like an MP3 that downloads as a zip on your machine?
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was entirely, like Radiohead had no connections to anything else. It was You were communicating directly with the band. And it had absolutely no like
1: DRM on it of any nope. kind. It was just a bunch of MP3s. Exactly. So
2: MP3s as well,
0: though. Mm-hmm. It was. Mm. All right, Trent yeah. Reznor. Uh, All right, Rent Tre- something. What? Rent Tresnor <laughs> Rent Treznor? That's Is that a
1: joke, just mixing up the
0: letters? Yeah. That pay-what-you-want digital <laughs> yeah. thing, it was a like a monumental release that arguably changed the music industry, and we will talk about that later. Oh. Uh, and also, quietly, a really great marketing trick. Yeah, yeah,
1: Because exactly. guess what? I paid a tenner for a Radiohead album. I'd never really
0: heard much Radiohead before, but I was just right. like, yeah,
1: cool, I'll
3: give them a tenner. The full <laughs>
1: amount it would cost if I paid for it anyway.
0: <laughs> there was the other option, though, which was a physical version priced at £40 uh, that was called The Disc Box. It included the 10-track album on two pieces of vinyl, the 10-track album on CD, a large hardback book with additional artwork and printed lyrics, and a second CD uh, containing eight tracks that didn't make the album. Digital artworks and photos. I've got it here. That it also, it. it came March with the... Uh... corner, <laughs> Into
3: the corner. Oh, No. Yeah.
0: Steve, you describe it. Okay. Um, it came with the download that would be released on October the 10th. I was going to say, because well, this presumably did not come 10 days later. No, it, it,
1: it, it, everything was shipped in the first week of December. So it would have been very hard to keep it quiet if they were already getting this printed. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So straight away, it's, uh, it's, it's black and white. Mm-hmm.
3: It's not very, very rainbowy. It's not very rainbowy. It's pull it open, colourful. my friend. Pull it open. Well, hold on a minute. Okay, sorry. What happens when I pull it open? What? Oh, oh it's yeah, colourful. It's colourful. I can't
2: see it. I can't oh, see it.
1: Well, I can't see screw it. Screw you! Hold I on. can't see it. Oh, it's the front cover of the it's album. The front cover of the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, also, offset. the artwork for mm. our podcasts. No, no. Like, sort of.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a misprint? No, it's not a misprint. It looks terrible. Okay, great. What it's slightly be the... off to the right, though. Yeah, it's, it's cropped uh, badly. It's just slightly cropped. That's Unbelievable. Intentional, f- I
0: don't think that would have been on all copies. They were quite quite like bespokely made.
2: Can you hold this for me, Lucas, please? Because I can hand you something. And on the inside... There
0: you
2: go. Oh, it's like a little booklet. And then you've got the, the two CDs. Yeah. Oh it's lovely.
0: It is lovely. It's very heavy. It is heavy. It's I'm also, worried about like Yeah, it's also 15 years old. But the the big attraction was that second One disc year for every step. That had the <laughs> it, had, it had the it had the eight tracks. Uh it had the eight tracks on it. Uh, like That's
1: little
2: down the bottom. Yeah. You've got all the colors of the rainbow. Well, I think of the front, you know the typeface on the front, yeah. the font color. Yeah, and yeah. I think you've got the little numbers that tell you Exactly what color they are.
0: Yeah, that's what I used for our artwork. Is it? Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Oh, that's really good. Like that, I I appreciate that. Of course he loves that. Of course he loves that. That's really helpful. (laughs) Oh, physical merch. Wait, so is this
1: the disc two that's in this? Is this in Rainbow's disc two? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I've never heard. uh,
0: Apparently you've never heard, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There was, of course, much discussion amongst people about what did and didn't make the album. It was surprising that Down is the new up. Uh, was put on what was essentially the B-Sides disc, as that was one of the bigger tracks of the tour. It was also surprising to see Reckoner on there in the place that it was. People were unsure how the album would play out with such a heavy track Mm. on there. (laughs) Reckoner, very heavy. Just before (laughs) House of Cards, especially because Bangers and Mash wasn't on there, which is like the other kind of more heavy riff based song um before they play reckoner but they do the thing on stage they're like this
3: is the fucking heaviest song we've ever written <laughs> everyone sit the fuck everyone.
1: down
0: <laughs> in the middle of reckoner he says yeah no they did that yeah they
3: did have that.
1: you seen the clip of i think it's bring me with horizon that they've done that and they're like everyone fucking get in a circle and this is the fucking most brutal song we've ever played
0: and they go into like one of their like really poppy sort of like good and there was one song that we (laughs) that we hadn't heard which was Faust Arp we like we'd seen it on the blackboard but they hadn't played it live and we we had no idea what it was Um, lots of speculation was the blackboard
1: singing in the dead of
0: night Lots oh. of speculation <laughs> over the 10 days until release. They didn't release a single. No journalist had heard it. Nobody outside of the band's people had heard it. It was the first Radiohead album since Kid A that didn't leak ahead of its release. I woke up at about 6 a.m. on October the 10th to find an email with a link to download a zip file complaint, uh, which contained 10 160 kilobits a second DRM-free MP3s. I
1: could have gone for a higher kilobits.
0: I know, be. right? Uh, I loaded it into Windows Media Player put on headphones and stayed in bed uh, to listen to it for the, for the first time i did something that uh steve uh did today which when i was testing the audio equipment i played a clip of 15 step and he said oh no actually are you getting that it sounds really crackly um i uh i i had to like on my first listen to 15 step i had to like skip forward to check there wasn't something wrong with my download um yeah interesting I I haven't heard the album before, that's why. (laughs) Oh, oh, God, go into this so fresh, I've not even heard it. On today's episode, I'd like to talk to you about Buzzsprout, the user friendly podcast hosting for non techie people. I think that if this podcast has achieved anything, it's showing that literally anybody can start a podcast. Do you need any previous experience? No. Do you need top of the range audio equipment? No. Do you need entertaining or insightful content? Absolutely not. But there is one thing that you will need, and that's podcast hosting. Or somewhere to store your podcast and deliver them to all of those podcast places, like the one where you're listening to this now. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, just do it. We here at Big Mates Enterprises use Buzzsprout to host and publish our podcast because it's the best and easiest way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed on all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Podbean, Podcast Addict. The list goes on and on. The other thing we've found is that not only do you get useful and easy to understand statistics about how well your podcast is doing, but also that the support team is super helpful with somebody always on hand to answer questions and help our podcast succeed join over one hundred thousand podcasters already using buzzsprout to get their message to the world and you'll get a great looking podcast website audio players that you can drop into other websites detailed analytics to see how people are listening tools to promote your podcasts and much much more but wait because the more is now (laughs) because if you follow the link in our show notes when you sign up it lets buzzsprout know that we sent you and do you know what that gets you $20 worth of credit when you sign up for a paid plan and that warm feeling in your stomach knowing that not only are you on your way to podcast greatness, but that you've helped support this show too. So if you're starting your podcast or you're looking to move your podcast, use Buzzsprout and follow our link in the show notes. Back to the episode. Well, I mean, that brings us to In Rainbows, which was released on the 10th of October 2007. It's 10 tracks and 43 minutes long.
2: Lucas, how do you feel about that?
0: I think it's it's ah, oh, it's a really it's good length, such a good length, yeah, it's a really good, a length. good length. Good
2: number
1: of songs, good length of songs, mm. good length total of album. Mm. Also helps that the songs are also good.
3: Yeah, oh, sure. you sure. Okay. Like,
1: sorry,
2: you like him. Rainbows. Yeah. I just thought, am okay. I getting too far ahead of myself? Yeah, you might be. You
0: might okay. be. Yeah, um, it was produced and mixed by the Godman himself, Nigel Godrich. The big God. Yeah. Uh, the artwork. The Nigel family. <laughs> the artwork.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the artwork's by Stanley Donwood and, and Dr. Chock, which is Tom York. Oh, oh. Uh, so oh. again the artwork, and we've just had we've got, had a big, big version of it in front of us there. Maybe you know, Lucas, you won't have to drag it up on your iPad this time. You could look at the big physical thing that you have got yeah, next. I mean, to. it's
1: quite interesting that they. Uh, uh, I mean, okay, okay, the sleeve is a different artwork, granted, but the the front of the box, it's just the album art. Like normally, like a vinyl release or a box set release has got like its own special artwork.
0: Well, here's the thing: is that the the download didn't come with any artwork. <gasps> We, we didn't oh, yeah. see the full artwork. Wait, was it all like embedded room. into the MP3 so that no. when you drag it into iTunes, it pops up? I didn't even use iTunes. Into they the didn't
1: even get their metadata on.
0: No, nah, oh, nah. I think. Nah, didn't have any artwork at all. Uh, the artwork was created in the studio alongside the album. Uh, Stanley posted many pieces of artwork on the blog as the album was being recorded that were mostly themed on the idea of endless suburbia with many rows of identical houses stretching into the distance and images of an upwards-pointing arrow with a downwards-pointing arrow inside of it. Obviously a reference to Down, down the is the New Up. up. So, why we thought it was going to be so important. Is that why you like this album so
1: much? Because obviously you famously love the idea of a, really suburb. Rep- of a suburb with lots of repeated houses.
0: Sure, but also, like, what does that remind you of? OK Computer? Yeah, exactly. So we're all kind of geared up for, like, OK Computer okay, 2. Yeah. I have to say, it's kind of, it, may, it might actually be like a little bit like OK Computer Part 2. Really? But, huh? well, 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 so you can't
1: say it. something, something
0: 2 and not say Electric Boogaloo. We, we
2: can. Yeah, we Me can. Me and Adam
0: can. No, 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 no. no. We, I know that you physically cannot. Yeah. But we, we are able to. Well, yeah.
1: uh, don't. OK, OK Computer 2,
0: Electric Boogaloo. You can't, yeah, you know, okay. it's a
1: dis- like You can't. Okay, like, I've got boogalitis.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the you cure. can't
1: a- really mock me for
2: it. <laughs> the only cure is more cowbell.
0: What? What? <laughs> uh, Radiohead even named their new company Erbia Endless, but with like X's in front of. Each word. Um, Ex-erbia. X ex-endless. That's the name of a YouTube channel. Interesting. That's
1: like, like problematic. Oh. oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how uh, they release albums now. Each album is its own entity under a registered LLC, a new one for each album. And then the, the album's kind of leased to a label to kind of assist with the distribution. But this is the first one. So this is not the only unsigned Radiohead album. They actually have not had a a recording contract since 2004.
1: Can you now buy in Rainbows on a CD and just have it shipped to your house off of Amazon?
0: We'll talk about that later. Oh, God, he's always prepared. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that sort of sprawling suburban landscape stuff was ditched in favour of the artwork that we got via him experimenting with photographic etching dipping photos into acid, throwing melted wax at paper. Uh, but all of those experiments resulted in quite cold images, which matched the initial form of the music. But Stanley said that the music took a different direction and became much more organic, sensual, and sexual. So I started working with wax and syringes, which mm. is a fascinating insight into his brain there. Yeah. When Stanley with hears something sexual, he immediately thinks of syringes, syringes. full of wax. Mm. And then I thought, oh, that's weird. But actually... Think about if you were to push it. Squirting white hot <laughs> wax out of a syringe <laughs> is actually pretty sexual. Yeah. It is
2: now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> so that is wax on the in the background of the front. So I've, yeah. I've, I I've it looked like, like molten lava or molten metal or something, right? It
0: does, yeah. He's he's like putting inks and stuff in it cool. and dyes and stuff. yeah. Um now it looks like a cum shot in my head now. <laughs> he described the artwork <laughs> as colourful oh, yeah. and kind of a rainbow. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, but very Lucas. <laughs> 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 That's what happens when Lucas makes a connection in his brain. But very, he described the rainbow as very toxic—the kind of rainbow you'd see in a puddle, you know, from oil or something yeah, yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the artwork was held back until until the physical release. Um, rainbow, uh, as Johnny said, it's. We've called it in rainbows. What do we make of the title in rainbows?
2: Well, the album feels colourful.
0: Yeah, that's nice because right. it's because it's nice
2: and it's, it's a, and it's fun. It's a good it's fun bright. time, it's like yeah. a lovely
1: rainbow. But oh it's also dear. very oh dear. <laughs> he thinks it's a nice fun time. It's a nice fun time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's very varied, isn't it? Like a bit. It seems like really cohesive at the same time. But do you think maybe this will come back to the rainbow thing? But do, do you maybe feel like? It feels like a bit of a Greatest Hits album.
0: That's interesting.
2: Do you think, like, I'm not sure how I can back that up, <laughs> but, like, the songs all feel distinctly Radiohead. Um, nothing vastly new, but also, like, I feel like this is sort of feels like an instant classic. I don't know if that's just my mm. um, bias, because now I'm looking back on it. But, like, I think instant classics like, the key. It feels, like, compact and dense, and every song is sort of extremely well put together. Nothing feels throwaway. It feels very tight. But because of the variedness, that's the rainbow, the
0: colourfulness I got from it. It, ha- it has like, like distinct types of Radiohead, yeah. And they're all quite nicely separated yeah. in, in some ways. So like a rainbow. Like there are lots of different yeah.
1: things, but they go really well together. Like how a rainbow blends.
0: There we go. From colour A to colour... Seven. G- seven, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, in In rainbows is a phrase that had appeared on their website as early as 2002, I think. Um, around the time of recording, Hail to the Thief. It's in the lyrics of Reckoner, uh, the phrase In Rainbows, uh, which we'll point out when we get to it. Uh, And when working on the album, Tom said to Ed, what do you think of In Rainbows as the title of the album? And Ed said, I like it. And Tom replied, well, that's good because it's not changing.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) He
3: really is the Adam of the podcast, the Adam of the band.
1: Um is it not do you not think it's a fun time?
0: <laughs> I don't feel it's a depressing album. It's no. a fun time. Tom says that the phrase uh, encompassed a feeling that's across the whole album but hasn't been he hasn't really elaborated on it uh, beyond that. So with that in mind, it's a fun time. Yeah. What do you think the album's about? Oh. Like, like like depression
1: and and like probably like divorce and unrequited love. And abuse and depression, I reckon.
0: I think it's about and one thing
1: in, in theory. Rainbows. Death. Which famously, very colourful. Yeah, very colourful. <laughs> ones.
0: <laughs> a very, very fun time. I think it's about the human reaction to being confronted by your own mortality. And it's about that feeling of chasing something and never being able to grasp mm. it. Like a rainbow. It's about being between states or, like, in limbo. You're not quite grounded. You're not at the end of your journey yet, but you can see the end. You are aware of the end. Like a rainbow. Like, hey, you can can never
1: truly see the end of a rainbow.
0: Well, at at, at the end of a rainbow is gold 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 or the place where wishes are granted, depending on where you get your myths from. And, of course, if you chase a rainbow, you can't find the end of it. So you are constantly chasing something. You are in rainbows. Good. Mm. But also it's fun time. Yeah. that's true. You can
2: dance, but also think about death. <laughs>
0: I, I, I think that this album, like finds all of the ways to feel about that, and then eloquently sort of like puts them into song, from like acknowledging how your time on this Earth is coming to a close, which like 15 steps, then a sheer drop being stuck in a body you feel you don't belong in, ambition being ultimately pointless, obsessively chasing a love you can never have, realising you are part of one humanity, and then ultimately saying goodbye and leaving some kind of legacy behind you. Um, It's a deeply sad album. It's a deeply joyous album. And it's everything in between. And it's just... I think it's about the human experience in the face of being confronted by your own mortality.
1: Why are they, what, who's confronted by their mortality in the situation? Tom, I guess.
0: Has something happened? No, well, he hit 36. Oh, famously, I I said about famously you guys. we all die at 36. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But like, I'm, I'm in that place where I'm mm. like thinking, oh, yeah, like time is finite. Time's I'm, going quick. I'm not there yeah. yet. You're not there yet. Nah. No,
1: it'll get to you. I still fully I, am like we've got so many things to go still.
2: Literally, my last in terms of milestones. My last therapy session, counselling session, was about the passing of time and how I'm not dealing with it very well. Just so happens to coincide I mean, with me listening to In Rainbows. I mean, that's the perfect. I mean, Steve, Steve,
1: and time. You're like you're. They're two. Poor. They're two very good friends. Yeah. <laughs> Love <laughs> the past or enemies? Yeah, but also yeah, also yeah, enemies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not there yet. I don't think I'm still very no. much like. I think you're a dad, which I think makes a big difference. That is oh, yeah. a very big thing. Like all of Radiohead had just arguably the biggest yeah. thing you can do, mm. and so that is like very. It, maybe when that happens to me, then I'll suddenly be like, "Oh, it's all downhill from it's here." It's very. Whereas I've um, still got like a thing to get to before mm. it plummets into being just an old
2: man. It's very obvious of the the rapid passing of time when you see your child that you just feel like five minutes ago as a baby is like. It, was, like uh, it school school was, school. was
1: five
0: years ago, mate. Oh, yes. Oh. oh. Well, what does the album sound like? Other than like fun, it feels bright. And, it's like, so
1: bright. It's so clean. It's yeah. really clean. It's just really like crisp. Mm. And like the thing about this one is it's, it's a lot of it's upbeat. There's a lot of upbeatness to it or like it's got the closest things they've got to pop songs probably so far. Yeah. It's, even the stuff that's not upbeat though, are very like, this is, it's got all the hallmarks of Radiohead songs like, like we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Like Greatest Hits. Greatest, greatest. Right? Greatest. It's got all like hallmarks of like the things that Radiohead do, but they've kind of, and I don't want to slag it off because, because it's my favourite Radiohead album, but they've kind of shaved a lot of the edges off.
3: Yeah. It's their
1: most accessible. They've gone, there's, there's mellow songs and there's weird songs where he croons in his falsetto voice, but it's not backwards. Right. And yeah. looped and sampled within an inch of its life and like inaccessible. It's all very nice and accessible, lovely, good songs.
0: It's not even as spiky as like the bends. No. No.
1: But but it's still got all the bits that make Radiohead stuff. It's just when otherwise he would have gone, in a previous one, he, instead of going, it uh, would have taken that, sampled it, looped yeah. it, back and forth. Up and down, like all this bollocks to it. Yeah. Instead of just going, which this is what they do,
0: do at the beginning of Nuke. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it's 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 details. It's little little. Uh, it's little touches to songs instead of yeah. a song being built around. I'm going to record it backwards and sing it forwards and then reverse it and uh, and all that gubbins. It's mm. very just like this is what was a very good entry point for me to get into Radiohead. Yeah, because all I knew before was bits. Probably the the the, the popular songs anyway, like No Surprises and Paranoid Android and Creep. Yeah. And then this is a very good, like, oh, this is a lovely, good, 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 good album, good, good songs. Good album, especially good for, songs. Especially for a pleb like me. Sure. I was like, this isn't too difficult at all. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Little did you know. And also, <laughs> and, and just, and just, and just the production of it, though, is just like really clean. Yeah. It's just like really
0: lovely and clean. It's incredibly listenable. There, there's like nothing on this album, like we've seen bits on Held of the Thief, Amnesiac, Kid A. OK Computer, like, there are bits that are supposed to challenge you and to kind of make you consider, like... There's some horrible noises on on all four of those albums. Yeah. I can't think of one on In Rainbow's. No. There's there's dark moments on it. It has atmosphere in the same way that OK Computer had, like, a lot of atmosphere. But it's so melodic and it's so warm and it's really, really human yeah, yeah, I you, can see that. You can that. tell it's a band. Yeah. It's not like... It's yeah, I feel like...
1: I, I mean, I'm sure you're going to explain all the places where there's an Ons Martino and this is played through a cassette player and then it's looped through a mouse TV. And then they, when they move the mouse, it makes the correct noises going through a MIDI sequence and all that sort of gubbins. Mm. But it sounds less like... It sounds like they've done less of all that business. Yeah, they have. And there's like some synths and some strings and guitars and bass and drums and singing. And... Lovely. That is pretty much it. Yeah. And a sax solo. And the huge sax solo, obviously. Massive in the sax of solo. Record, it was is, is a weird take, but I, I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a TikTok channel the other day that was basically that. It's a guy who picks random songs. Oh, no. The yeah,
0: so. It's a sax no, it's solo. So good, isn't it? yeah. It's really good. Um, I, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I think this picks up where Held of the Thief left off.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Now that we've listened to it, I think The Eraser is a good little mm. middle step to those two things though.
0: Which it literally
1: is as well. Oh, and did yeah,
2: I, yeah. I sort of said I think that this
1: is... Where they'll go. Where and and then I even go. said on razor, well I know where they go and it, it's this sounds somewhat familiar to me in where the, where the they do go.
2: What was before Hail to the Thief? Before? I went very West Country then. Before? I? But when um, it was Amnesiac mm-hmm. and then Hail to the Thief. Yeah. yeah, you can't get you've got to go via Hail to the Thief to get yeah, to the yeah, rainbows yeah. it feels like. it has,
0: Hail to the Thief has that blend of electronic and rock, but they feel quite separated on Herald of the Thief. Mm-hmm. And they feel very consolidated here. Yeah. They feel like one sort of thing.
1: And whilst there is electronic on this, I don't think anything on this is like, there's not, huge, there's not much that is wildly electronic on this. It all sounds quite bandy, you know? Mm. I'm sure, obviously there's electronics like everywhere, but there's less that just sounds like it's made on a computer.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a single laptop on here. I, even, I bet there's a bit... No, even the drum machine drums are analogue drum machines from like the 80s, which is cool. Yeah, yeah cool. Because like, yeah, well, cool. they have infinite money at this point. Yeah, they cool. can just like buy all of these old An old Casio keyboard that goes, DJ! Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, famously, there are klaxons. Rip-off. Yes, they are. Um, they used some interesting recording techniques. Obviously, they recorded live and used a lot of room reverb, and they used binaural microphones, which we'll come on to a little bit later. Um, they're like intended to mimic the human ear. I'll get into it in more detail later. It makes the, the music feel more kind of realistic, more intimate, more personal. The piano on videotape, you are supposed to feel like you are standing next to that piano, which I think is actually a pretty, pretty, pretty effective. Yeah. And like you said, Lucas, there's a couple of things that were learned on the eraser, I think. Uh, the use of more adventurous harmonies and melodies, there's some beatboxing. Tom's voice being very dry and loud, front and centre. He's clearly much more comfortable with his voice. Yeah, here. yeah. Yeah. Um, it's only taken until their seventh album. I know, right. Via an EP. To yeah. get there. <laughs> um One thing they've done a bit differently is the words on this album. Um, they're less specific when compared to Hail to the Thief, which is quite mm-hmm. a pointedly sort of political album. There is some absolute gibberish on this. Uh, yes and no. Uh, they don't seem to be targeted at a theme in the same way as, as, as a lot of their previous stuff.
1: In a previous season, you would describe some of them as collage-like.
0: Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Although I think, I don't know, they're, they're... it's difficult. We'll get into it on the Song by Song. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it.
1: We'll get into it. Song by Song, we've never called it
0: that. We've it's never track, called it that. It's track by track. Yeah, track by tracks. Tracks. yeah sorry, so, guys. Sorry, guys. Mm. Uh, Tom says the lyrics uh, are about the fucking panic of realising that you're going to die. And anytime soon, I could possibly have a heart attack when I next go for a run. Uh, one person who focused very much on the words on, uh, on this album is Ed. Uh, he said, for me, with music in the last four years, I went through a phase of not being able to re-listen to music. And the thing I came back to is a song. A song is lyrics. The song is a singer, and that's 80%, and the music is 20%. That was the notable thing with these lyrics. They were universal. There wasn't a political agenda, it's being human. I was getting a buzz hearing the lyrics on a genuine, profound level. What Tom did with the eraser as well, the voice is up front, you didn't pull the voice back, that was really good. So we thought, wow, we need to do that. And it was just getting the songs right, getting the background right to the vocal, getting these lyrics heard because that's basically what it's about. And I think that that really shines through on the album. Like the main thing is the song and the voice, and everything else is just serving what the song is and what it's saying. That is the intention that the band went in with. Mm. And it's why there are no jam-like songs on this album. There's not a lot of extended instrumental-only sections. It's yeah. all hung on the song and the structure of the song, um, which incidentally is not often verse, chorus, verse, chorus. In fact, I don't think there's a single song that is that, that traditional structure, which might be the fur a first for a Radiohead album. Um, but we've talked about... Radiohead often using the building structure, taking one thing and elaborating on it, or songs of two halves. And that is all this album. Yeah. Uh, which are typically the ones that, Lucas, you've you've always said, uh, like, oh, in my notes, I've got that this was boring, but then you played the second half of the song and I remembered that it's quite good. Um, which is interesting because this album is all that. Yeah, but I know they're all good. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Lucas, you'd heard this album before. I'd heard this
1: album before. <laughs> I listened to it when it first came out because of the hype, because mm. of the release hype, and it also helped that uni, the guys I live with, were into sort of different music to them what I was into when I went to uni. And drugs. And I, I, I was into. I was. The one. <gasps> I brought, the I was the first person in our halls to pick oh, up. Oh my god! I was the one who brought the subject like Does anyone want to go and? Does want to go and pick up? And they'd be like, Yeah, alright I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> first night of uni yeah it took me one night to find my first drug dealer and, wow and make my first car. it's terrible isn't it yeah that yeah, is bad Portsmouth
0: for you um <laughs> yeah, think, yeah it can't it be hard dox me
1: <laughs> um you've, you've literally given the address of your uni house on this
2: podcast have <laughs> <Can> I yeah <laughs>
3: um
1: yeah no and so I yeah listened to it like extensively back then both alone and also it was a big pre-drinking album
0: was it oh, wow big pre-drinks album Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's a real show that Lucas does not listen to, like, words or themes or anything. I wasn't
1: necessarily the one selecting
0: it. Bro. Oh, okay. In fact, very rarely at uni was
1: I taking control of the iPod Mini because I... or oh, na- It would have been Australia, a Nano
0: by then, I reckon. iPod Nano. They a, went from the Mini down to the Nano. In a dock. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember my iPod dock. Yeah, you stuck... Shove it in.
1: Um, dock me. Uh, <laughs> I was rarely in control of that because I don't like the responsibility of having to pick music.
0: Right, okay. But yeah, often yeah. in
1: Rainbows would be selected. Well,
0: it's so, like... Oh, Great. It, it, well, it sounds like I'm being negative, but it's, it's the first, like, truly casual Radiohead album. You can put this on at a dinner party and it would be fine.
1: Yeah, I think that's true.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: my fair. wife,
1: a few times when we've been listening to this... My wife? Uh, my... My wife! <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that's how poor I did it. <laughs> my cat shut herself in. <laughs> What's she um the uh, I forgot about it. Oh it doesn't matter. Anymore. Even like, like, like my wife, who is very casual in my terms wife. of music. She's so she says, casual. She uh when we're very casual, me and my yeah. wife. It's very casual. It's a very casual, a very casual relationship. <laughs> she, you and your wife. Keys in the bowl. We um it's on this album. a few times when I've been listening to this, we uh like she was like oh what who, who? this? And I'd be like, I was right head. She'd be like, oh, it's
0: good. It's only the bloody head. Go, it's good. Whereas never normally is that It's
1: the me, yeah. the head. When we're listening oh. to, when we're listening to stuff, <laughs> when we're listening to stuff on this podcast, very rarely does she go, oh, what's this? It's really good. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Seldom.
0: Not her vibe. No. Oh, yeah. When
2: we, when we were listening to kid A and I was like getting the car, I put this on cause we're driving somewhere and uh, the national anthem came on. And my, my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend is, <laughs> no, it doesn't really work uh, I'm just like. Can we just listen to something else? Yeah, that's fair enough. It's, but, fair but this enough. it's one's not for been, everyone.
0: I'm yeah. good. I'm glad it's not for everyone. Yeah, but it's Fricks. for. But it's for many. Yeah, it's for loads. For the for the many, this one's it's for, for lots of people, but not most, I reckon. Um, Steve, you've heard this album before.
3: I've <laughs> heard this album before, oh, my wife. <laughs> now,
2: listen. I have to talk about this before I talk yeah. about the, the pressure. The pressure. I've. I've. I've had to love this
0: album by you guys it's okay if you don't give it a 10 it's fine it's not, don't worry. It's not.
2: but it's not is it no it's not i, I will i will I will,
1: I will kick off yeah, yeah, yeah anyway
2: i remember i do remember this this release vividly um well, i expect i wouldn't shut up about it you wouldn't shut up about it but yeah. like a lot of people wouldn't and it was really exciting like i wasn't into radiohead but i was excited by this well, this is like new and as they're doing something really new and cool and you don't think get away from that did, like, why did you not
1: listen to it I
2: would have listened to it. Yeah, I oh, he, would. He,
0: he, I I can point out specific examples of when we were driving places, and I would put on the whole album. We listened to it back, but front. But, but you
1: didn't like listen to it like like yourself. You didn't like like get into it. In no,
2: because I didn't have it on CD,
1: and I didn't have like Spotify. Did no, no, not on CD or Spotify. Actually, we just covered this. It was MP3s, wasn't it? Mm. <sighs> oh yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't buy it. Did because obviously it's interesting. This obviously album obviously came out. Uh, one thing that really helped, like what, true, what, yeah. what got me into this album a lot was obviously I went to uni and we've talked before about how like you go to uni and immediately like listen to new music because the people you live with are different people and they suddenly go, this is what I listen to and the city. Listen to it with them. The melting pot. The melting pot. Yeah. And obviously famously, mm. famously, famously, you didn't go to uni. Yeah. So did you, did you not have that sort of like you get to that, you suddenly are ha- forced to listen to loads of new music. That cultural thing. crossroads. Yeah. yeah. You like that? Um, yeah, I don't like that. Did that happen with you? Was that a thing for you?
2: Well, I sort of... I, I did a student... T- I went to live with students. Oh, you did, didn't you? So I, I still kind of got that. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. right.
1: <laughs> You're talking about three years ago. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I just to hang out. Hey, guys, what were you we listening to? Radiohead. <laughs> you got your backwards cap on. <laughs> yeah.
1: You listened to Doja Cat.
2: Isn't it cool how, like... They were seven albums deep and doing something that exciting, like yeah, it's Radiohead and, it, and they're releasing
0: innovators like, and disruptors. Yeah,
2: but like maybe releasing one of their best albums, like critically but number seven, like that's cool. I mean, I guess it is just Radiohead and whatever critics yeah. are going to give it good scores. It's true that it's
1: quite rare for I don't know. I'm sure we, I'm sure Adam can name fifty examples, but of where like Radiohead, the, where the the. Later song, later albums are maybe considered their best or at least some of their best. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't happen very often,
3: I have to say. There'll be
1: ones that are still considered good or yeah. great, but to be like, oh, this might be their best album, number seven.
0: There's, en- there's only like three of the nine Rated albums that don't meet that criteria. What, they're one of their best? Yeah.
1: If they're all the best, none of the
0: best. Well, but that's the thing is there's six that are like considered to be up there with their best, which is Crazy. Crazy. It's a crazy band. <laughs> um, this is weirdly the album that I have listened to the least of all the Radiohead albums. That is insane. Probably. Uh, like, but I, it's, it's, it's simply because I moved over to Spotify in like 2011. And In Rainbows was not available on Spotify until 2016. Was all the other oh. albums on Spotify? Yeah. So you've listened to like Pablo Honey more than. No, I don't think I've listened to Pablo Honey more than In Rainbow's, to be honest. Yeah, Pablo Honey's you probably about outlier. You forgot yeah, about it. It doesn't, it doesn't really count, existed, yeah. to be honest. But, um, but yeah, there, there was like five years of my music listening habits that In Rainbow's was just not available I, on the platform that I listened to music on.
1: I think I remember when I moved over to Spotify, which was sooner than 2011.
0: I was obviously much earlier. I had to get
1: invited to Spotify. Oh, oh, well, so uh, I remember having... The, uh, there was a handful of things that I would still keep in my local music on my device of choice. And in Rainbows would have been one of them. In Rainbows is one of them. Yeah. I also, yeah, there's like, there's things, and I still have them now. I've still got like a short amount of, small amount of MP3s that are on my phone because they're not available on Spotify. What are they? The Kevin and Perry go large soundtrack. <laughs> what the that. fuck are you talking about?
0: <laughs> what the fuck oh, are you talking oh, about? Yeah, good soundtrack.
1: It. That's a good soundtrack. No, that one's shit, but there's a good, there's a lot of good. Like, the Kevin and Perry go large soundtrack. There's so many good, nightly, well, I, we had this debate with a friend of the podcast, Chris Gizzo the other day. Where what where about just,
0: the Kevin and Perry where go I just, large where I just soundtrack? Said, where I just
1: said, isn't it funny how, how dance music w- has never been better than it was in the nineties. And he took a massive umbrage to that. Oh, and I was like,
0: that's probably true.
1: Uh, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's handfuls of soundtracks, and it's it's largely soundtracks. It's mostly soundtracks. Like the Kevin and Perry Ocarina go large of soundtrack. Rhyme, famously not
0: on Spotify. Kevin and Perry go large soundtracks. It's a banger it's something that he has. Designated as, this needs to take up space on my mm. phone. Yeah. This isn't on Spotify. What am I going to do? It's not on Spotify. Do?
1: There is playlists on Spotify, but they're like, they're not the exact, obviously electronic music is, there's always like, there's different versions, different mixes isn't there. That's like the
0: thing. Mm. Yeah. The, so the you ones know. that I am familiar with. You've got with, to be fastidious about the Kevin and Perry yeah, go yeah. large soundtrack. <laughs>
1: this isn't pure. That's exactly the sort of music
0: that is. I'm not listening to this in the way Harry Enfield intended. This is exactly, <laughs> Oh, as if he had any
1: input on the musical choices. <laughs> It was all created by Eyeball Paul. What? Who? Eyeball Paul is the, the DJ played by Reese e fans in that film.
0: I haven't seen it. It's great. It is it great? Well, the soundtrack's fucking What's Adam, great. it rated on Letterbox? Letterboxd? Well, for scene.
1: me, if I've rated it on Letterbox, I bet I've given it five stars. No,
0: I want the
2: the average rating. Adam, there's a scene in it where they go in the sea and, and one there's of them poos and the poo goes in the mouth.
0: Yeah, I've seen the trailer. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there's a scene where they get a boner on the beach because they see girls. And right. So they dig a hole
0: mm. and then they lay
1: on their front so the boner can fit what in the expecting? hole.
0: Of course, there's seagulls on the beach.
1: And then they and then <laughs> and then they and mean then because they need to cool off to like get rid of the boner, they drag themselves towards the sea. And the joke is that you can see that there's like three drag marks because there's the hands clawing and then and then a, and then like a chasm created by their dongs. Who's hands crawling? It's good. It's a good joke, but mostly I'm not joking. The soundtrack is amazing. It's like loads of like classic like nineties like Ibiza like dance. Anthems. I had no
2: idea you're into Ibiza dance anthems. Uh, we had this
1: conversation the other day with Chris Tizard, oh, and I, I was like agree. lamenting how much. Oh.
2: All right, stop this episode. Okay, the reason being, the sound quality sounds very
0: different to when we were recording a minute ago. It's suddenly switched, isn't it? It suddenly switched, and now I'm looking at you on a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly a barrier has been put up. That's very both strange. Both physically and mentally. So we should probably stop it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But
1: I reckon what we should do is we should, when we do the next episode. Mm-hmm.
0: Like Dr. Dre. We should
1: continue as we are now, but then we should meet up I again. think should, yeah, I agree. Okay. Agree. We, yeah, yeah.
0: Really, that's a lot of petrol for me, guys.
3: Ah, in the well, middle of an energy crisis. Lucas but I'll do it for you. Yeah. I'll do it for you.
0: Okay. It's as easy as. What, what is, it? is it easy as one two three, or is as ABC? Hey man, which, what's the song? It's both. It's both in the is song. It? Oh, is ABC? it really? But the song is easy called ABC.
1: Is one, two, 3. Oh yeah, ABC is as easy as one two three, which is easy as ABC. One two three. So, uh, it's, I think it's
0: both. Baby, you and me now. Baby, you and me now. Now. Well, that's what he okay. said. Well, it's as easy as ABC. C stands for. Can I read an email? <laughs> you can read an email, yeah. You can, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Justin Kreps, no relation. Uh, to who? What? Kreps. The food The, the food stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay,
2: sure.
0: Yeah. Hello, big mates. I'm a longtime listener from America, though I don't live in New York City. New York City. I've interacted with you all on Twitter a few times and even the infamously misnamed TikTok account. This is my first time emailing. I discovered your podcast because I'm a huge Muse fan. Muse was a little less mainstream in the States back in 2006, but I remember vividly the first time I heard Nights of Cydonia on the radio. I literally mm. pulled my car over on the side of the road to focus all of my attention on the mind blowing riff. I'd never experienced anything like that before. Listening to your podcast has definitely shifted my view on Muse slightly. I'm more aware and annoyed by their vibe chasing nature. Uh, when they used the verb gaslighting in their recent release, compliance, I felt my eyes roll back into my skull. Christ. Overall, their best stuff still resonates with me in a way no other band can, and I will always love them for that. On the Adam Lucas spectrum, I think I fall somewhere in the middle. And that is, of course, the same spectrum, isn't it, Lucas? It's spectra- well, the the Steve <laughs> it's location on the spectrum. I was going to say, that's, that's yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> I can like a shallow song for its melodies and catchy choruses, but I can also appreciate a boring song for context and artistic <laughs> intent. <Yeah. laughs> I fuck off. Uh, I enjoy- <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Thanks for your email. Fuck uh, off. I enjoy listening to an album from start to finish. I usually try to look for a reason to like a song rather than a reason to dislike it. Maybe that makes me a
3: Steve. Ew.
0: Anyways, on to Radiohead. I'll start with a funny story. Now, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. To say that your story is funny. Come on, Justin. You Millions of people of are listening here. to you now, so it better be good. Millions. During my freshman year of college in 2007, I was fully diving into muse, but I was pretty much a pleb when it came to general music slash alt rock knowledge. This guy in- No, 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 no. That's not the end of the story. That's not oh, the end of the okay. story. <laughs> Sorry. That's not the funny bit. Uh, this guy in my lab group was really into rock. That's the funny bit. Oh.
2: You see, no. Okay. Oh, no, no, there is more. No, there is more. more, more.
0: He wore a different band's graphic T-shirt every day to class. One day he asked my favourite band, and I, of course, said, (laughs) Muse. Okay. (laughs) It's very funny. Uh, His response was, naturally, well, then you must like Radiohead. Trying my best not to sound like an idiot, I said something like, sure, I like them fine, to which he asked, what is your favourite Radiohead song? Oh, no, not that. I knew Radiohead had a lot of songs I liked but I didn't know them well enough to know what songs those were. I'm not even sure if I could have credited Creep to them at the time, but there was one song I knew was definitely by Radiohead. I played a lot of FIFA 2004, and on that game's soundtrack was Mixomatosis by Radiohead. I don't think I've ever seen anyone as befuddled or confused as that kid when I told him that my favourite Radiohead song was Mixomatosis. (laughs) As time went on, I became much more familiar with and appreciative of Radiohead. A lot of my experience was rather Lucas-fashioned, as they'd often mix in to randomised algorithms for my Muse Pandora station while working on schoolwork. I remember seeing the cover art for OK Computer pop up a lot, but I never got around to diving into the full album. I liked a lot of their hits, but Karma Police became a go-to song for me when, uh, when trying to come out of hard times. Few, for a minute there I lost myself, has resonated in my soul a time or ten over the years." Fast forward about a decade, and I really got into Westworld on HBO, which uses several arrangements of songs by Radiohead. There's two versions of No Surprises, Fake Plastic Trees and Exit Music for a Film, during the climactic scene to end Season 1. The show's themes of technology turning against mankind certainly parallels some of the messages from OK Computer. Speaking of Exit Music for a Film, not only did it close Westworld Season 1, and of course the Romeo and Juliet film for which it was made, but it also ended episodes of Black Mirror, and the Umbrella Academy in very dramatic, emotionally eliciting ways, it always seems to hit when used in films, usually to end things. Not being familiar with the details of the album, I was sure that the song would have to end OK Computer, but obviously The Tourist does a lovely job of that as well. I have to agree with Steve's take on The Tourist rather than Adam's. I found it more depressing than hopeful. Unfortunately, I think the last quarter century has shown that we either can't or won't slow down, and we're rushing to our inevitable end. Maybe Muse's new album is right, and we are all fucking fucked. One final thing, and I'll wrap up very, this very lengthy email. I enjoyed the small part of the conversation in OK Computer Episode 3, where you mentioned how the end of The Tourist might feed back into the beginning of the album, and you mentioned that Steve's band had done that. I immediately thought of Arcade Fire's album, Everything Now, whose 13th and final song, Everything Now, parenthesis continued, leads perfectly into the first song, Everything Underscore Now, parenthesis continued, which of course leads into the second song on the album, Everything Now. In some ways, I think that album is Arcade Fire's take on the themes of OK Computer, though perhaps more of a retrospective view rather than a prospective one. We didn't slow down. We needed everything. Now. Some of Bo Burnham's Inside special comes to mind as well, like Welcome to the Internet. But I digress. I hope you guys do Arcade Fire someday. Mm. You know, uh, maybe, one, maybe one day. No, this, I think this email was sent before that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll let well, well, well. well, yeah. 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 OK Computer is Radiohead's top album for me and would receive a 10 if I was scoring. The Benz is more of an 8 or a 9 by my taste, but it's grown on me. I was a little let down by my first listener of In Rainbows, but maybe that one will take time to appreciate as well. Anyways, thanks for the many hours of interesting and entertaining content. Cheers. Justin. Oh, lovely. I, while we're talking about um, Radiohead ending things uh, or like ending TV shows or movies or whatever, I just finished watching The Bear. Have you guys seen or heard of The Bear? I've heard you talking about The Bear in today's Cruise Views episode. <laughs> yes, Chef. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really good. It's a really, really good TV show. And the whole season comes to its very uh, sort of like sweet, dramatic, stressful end to the to the tune of Letdown by radiohead oh, and yes, it, the, it goes to credits on the bit that and did i like, you described oh, did you excellent. just evaporate excellent, excellent. That's just great. edited I, so well
2: can i point out something extremely interesting in that email
0: yeah it's steve's band yeah, yeah it's my band as well I no mean, it
2: was my band but you were in my <laughs> well, band
0: no but it was me though <laughs> it was mainly it was, me it was, it was mainly me adam i mean it,
1: uh, <laughs> adam's probably done more musical projects so in terms of like how, how much it is Steve's band in the history of his band <laughs> experience? It's yeah. probably more than it was yeah. Adam's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, in terms <laughs> of Radiohead ending things, they also ended season four of Westworld with Radiohead as well. They used Pyramid Song. Oh, Did they use oh, Pyramid God. Song? That's a good song as well. I sent you a clip.
0: Radiohead I had very uh, sort of like uh, cinematic... Uh, music don't they sometimes yeah. you know they they used to, i mean the the use in black mirror is excellent where I you find out it. the it, it's do you remember Which the episode one? shut up and dance yeah it's it's yeah it it's it's when you find out what the central character's deal is is when exit music for a film kicks oh, in good it's, yeah it's uh yeah well that made me that episode made me feel weird which well, the it? po- what,
1: what's the, the, it's, without it's the one where the kid is basically made to go do a load of stuff based on the fact that they filmed him wanking, right? Oh, yeah, 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 And you find and then out. you
0: find out. Yeah, and then you oh, find out. Then Steve. you find out. Yeah, And, and then, then you, you, find you find out. Find out yeah, you to find the sounds out. of Radiohead. Oh, um, anyway, look, thank you for the email, Justin. It brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you very much for listening, listeners. Our next episode is out next Monday, and we'll continue that deep, deep dive into In Rainbows, so come and join (laughs) us for that. Uh, But before you do, come and let us know what you think of what we've talked about In Rainbows. I don't think we got to a song, uh, but that's fine. Yeah, we did. We got to Leave a gap there. Home, 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 home. I don't think we did. I think we came out before a song. But we'll see. We would know. We've just we've just finished recording mm. that episode. Yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, let us know what you think of anything that we've talked about. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, whatismusicpod, TikTok at whatismusic. If you want to send in something a little bit longer, like uh, Justin Crep did, no relation, we can have we can read it out on the show. You can email us, whatismusicpod at gmail.com. And if you liked what you heard here today and thought, I'd like to hear a lot more of that but worse do head over to our Patreon page and you will find all kinds of new old separate related things there's a monthly series where we have, we're going to reevaluate the back catalog of the first ever band that we covered on the podcast manic street preachers there's a show where we have become playlist curators for you you know the the head honchos of the We've mastered podcasting. We're now playlist curators, and we're going to master that as well. Uh, and there's some other bits and pieces. There's a new episode of something every week, depending on what tier you subscribe to. And there's also a full rundown of the weapons that Adam has in his home. Uh, but huh? if you're thinking, do you know what? I want to give these guys some money to keep the podcast going, but certainly not on a regular basis. You could buy some of our merchandise over at whatismusicpod.redbubble.com or send us a little something-something over on coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash that about does it. Thanks again for listening. But before you go, please don't, don't leave, leave me. me Hi. Don't, don't, by. don't leave me. Bye. Don't leave me. Bye. Do you know what, Lucas? That's correct, but in the wrong place. I'd give you a uh, one of those mastermind pegs that denotes. I'd give you a peg. I'd give you a peg. <laughs>